boy Wiz Khalifa, man, and that's what's hot on the streets from Hot 97. Hot 97. WQHT, New York. Beyonce's trash-talking new song, Bow Down, I've Been Down, is also a tribute to her hometown, Houston, so it's only right that the upcoming remix will reportedly feature Slim Thug, Willie D, Scarface, Bun B, and more. In other news, director Harmony Korine has created another cult classic. Spring Breakers is getting tons of buzz, with James Franco playing a drug dealer who looks kind of like Riff Raff, and Gucci Man starring alongside Disney star Selena Gomez. But the Vulture blog reports that Gucci actually fell asleep in the middle of his big sex scene, only waking up to notice how nice it felt. Hilarious. You can read more on the Miss Info blog on Hot97.com. It's your Hot 97 News Update with Miss Info on Hot 97. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about police community relations. And last week, because of uh, what we were talking about, the Kamani Gray case, his mother, Carol Gray, calling into the show, we weren't able to take your telephone call. So I want to open up the phone lines right now. Drew is on the phones uh, taking those calls at 1-800-223-9797. Do you think it's time to have... Have an inspector general, somebody completely independent of the police department and city politics to oversee these cases like Kamani Gray, like Romarley Graham, like Noel Polanco, where police involved shootings end up with the death of somebody from our communities. Let us know what you think at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Hit me up with a text at 75759. That's 75759. And if you are a New York City Police Department officer on duty or off duty and you want to give us a call, let Drew know and uh, we'll make sure and try to get your phone call in. We've had Police Commissioner Ray Kelly on the show in the past and uh, unable to have a representative from the NYPD on today. So if, if you're a cop out there and you want us to hear your perspective of what you're facing every time you put on that uniform and go out there on those streets, give us a call or you can text us at 75759. That's 75759. Twitter at Lisa Evers. Um, hit me up with a tweet. And remember, text your family and friends right now out of state that you know are concerned about this because we are streaming this show live across the United States on hot97.com. Now, there are many issues that we want to go over today, but the big focus, our overall umbrella focus, is police community community relations. Can they be improved? What needs to be done? Um, yesterday, the family and friends of Kamani Gray, the 16-year-old who was fatally shot by police officers in East Flatbush, he was buried. He was laid to rest. They said their final goodbyes. This week, the policy, the NYP policy of NYPD policy of stop and frisk was on trial. There were calls from mayoral candidates, because we're now entering a mayoral race year, um, for an independent inspector that would oversee the police department. We'll explain to you what that means and why some people feel that is so important. But I got a great panel for you. I want to hear from them and you at 1-800-223-9797. What do you think needs to be done to make things better between the communities and the police? How are you feeling about the police these days? 1-800-223-9797. Hit me up with a text at 75759. Joining us is Reverend Donnie Williams from the Greater Zion Hill Baptist Church in Harlem. Also with us, Kenneth Montgomery, attorney for Kamani Gray's mother, Carol Gray. He's a former Bur- uh, Brooklyn prosecutor. 
and also professor at Fordham University Law School, Noel Leader, co-founder of 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care, and a former NYPD sergeant, and uh, Thomas Giovanni. He is counsel to the Justice Program at the Brennan Center at NYU, former public defender. He is an attorney also. And uh, Kenneth Montgomery, I want to start with you. First of all, t- give, give us a picture of what happened yesterday at the, um, at the funeral, what that was like. For me, it was sort of surreal. Um, it was a scene for me that I'm, I'm very used to, uh, being a resident of Brooklyn most of my life, um, all of my life, rather, except for, for going to college. But it was, a, it was a very surreal, very sad, and, and, and uh, it, it left me with an impressions that I still haven't worked out myself, to be quite honest with you. You saw the representation of our youth there. You saw the representation of the elders in the community, and there are no answers. And you can, you can tell by the spirit of everyone and and then you go outside and you see the and i don't mean to offend anyone but i i've always viewed new york nypd as a paramilitary organization i grew up here um, i've been accused of selling drugs and uh uh carrying guns as a youth just like a lot of these youth are today not much has changed and um it, it was it was very um very sad uh sobering moment for me to be quite honest with what you. about this week you met at, with the Brooklyn DA at the same office where you used to work yeah. when you were a prosecutor. Yes, I have. With Mrs. Carol Gray, the mother of Kamani Gray. Yeah, Charles Barron and, and other family members, uh, Jean and Wendy Ellie, uh, we met. Um, it, it is an office where I uh, came out of law school and I got my litigation experience there. Um, I, I'll be very honest. Um, what were you asking for? I was asking, to be honest, to see what they were doing. Um, they are a independent. They are the district attorney's office in Kings County who are responsible for figuring things out and convening grand juries. Um, unfortunately, because of the symbiotic close relationship between your district attorney's office and your police department, um, I was my inquiry was what have they done? Um, and what have they done? What do they well, tell you? Well, to be honest with you, they want to do a lot, and they said they're going to go where the investigation, wherever it leads, but they depend on the 6-7 and internal affairs, and not much has been done. And what would be the next step? Because you know, you know, this, you know um, the system from both for, sides. It, it's well, a, legally, what would be the next step? It's a funny thing. They can convene a grand jury, right? Um, they're going to investigate, but to, their investigation is going to weigh on what the police bring to them. Um, so for me, that was a very weird space because that that to me captures the issue, which is New York City Police Department investigating themselves. And then this close relationship so it's basically like giving yourself your own grade yes, for the course. Yes. And then this symbiotic relationship between the two. Um, I remember when I was in the office when Louima happened and the vibe was that. He lied, and, and, and this is something he made up. I, I remember I was in Grand Jury, 360 Adams Street, when the verdict came down in Diallo, and I'm indicting a case, and I hear a loud roar and cheer, and I go into the waiting area, and it's all my colleagues and all these police officers clapping that these officers were acquitted in the Diallo case. So I know the tone. I wasn't looking for much. I, we were there to find out what they were doing and to, not, and to say, listen, we have our own professionals and own community members, and we're going to try to find out on our own time what happened. What happened and there? we would like to leave this door open, but I'm very cognizant of the historical. Listen, this is what happens on the street. You're hoping for the best, but you're not expecting yeah, much. Exactly. Basically. On the street, what happens is you have this 
prison culture that's sold to our kids. You have our good kids, our bad kids, we all, whatever, they all there. And a lot of them in the middle. In the middle. You they have could the, go either way. You have the police officers who sit around and they look for behavior and good or bad, they grab our kids. And then they bring and they arrest and they, whether it's massive NYCHA arrest for criminal trespass or whatever you may call it, and they bring that action to the district attorney's office. On the front steps yes. of the building where you live. Yes, the lap, those stories on the, the, the lap system, the district attorney's office, more than likely there's a DA who has no ties to this community. They rubber stamp what the officers did. The DA brings it to the judge. The judge rubber stamps what the police officers did and, the, and what the DA brings them. And they do a hearing and they don't even really pay attention to what happened practically on the street. All right, let me bring it, let, let me, around let me bring it back to the streets. Noel Leader, uh, your former NYPD sergeant, co-founder of 100 Blacks and Law Enforcement Who Care. You've been out in East Flatbush. We saw disturbances there. Are the tensions rising between the community and the police or are they has this been building over time? What's your assessment? Well, it's definitely been building uh, since Police Commissioner Raymond Kelly has been our police commissioner. If you look at the number of stop, question, and frisk, the illegal, uh, the number of illegal stop, question, and frisk, which they claim has eclipsed five million, and those are documented stops. All of us know that five minute million only represent those that are documented. And if you look at Elliot Spitzer's report when he was attorney, New York State Attorney General, Robert Abrams' report when he was New York State Attorney General, they say that New York City police officers only document one out of ten. So you can multiply that. And as a result of all of these unnecessary illegal stops, tensions between uh, uh, communities of color and the New York City Police Department has gotten worse over time. And Police Commissioner Kelly is the sole responsibility, the person that's solely responsibility for these tensions that exist. But he said in terms of stop and frisk, he said this when he was on our show here and taking phone calls from people just screened by our screener. That was it. He said that stop and frisk, even though the statistics show it's targeting you know more than 80 percent black and Latino men, that this is where the high crime areas are, are in communities of color and that's why the numbers are so high. Do you buy that? As oh, a no, of course cop? not. Of course not. Um, the, the question is not whether or not uh, you know these are high crime areas. The question as it relates to these stops, are they legal? You know, I was once asked a, a question by an attorney, if a police officer stops an individual with a gun who is about to commit a homicide, is that a good stop? And the answer is no. If, if he doesn't have the legal requirements to conduct the stop, it's an illegal stop. So when, commis- when you ask com- uh, Commissioner Kelly about the illegality about these stops, he don't want to have that conversation. He'll talk about crime in those communities, that crime statistics are down. But you can't fight crime by committing crime. There's okay. a constitution. All right, Thomas Giovanni, uh, counsel to the Justice Program and former public defender. What do you make of what's going on right now? I mean, I think everything that we've already heard is exactly right. Um, one of the issues that happens is we tend to play games, I think, unfortunately, with the numbers. It's true that the majority of violent crime happens in certain neighborhoods. But the majority and crime is at a historic low in terms of the murder rate. He, the Commissioner Kelly also kept pointing to the fact that well, there were so many people, al- more people alive now yeah, that's another in way. our communities. Yeah, no, that, that's, you don't buy that? That's the second way to lie with stats. Uh, if you assume that everything was going to stay at the worst place in history in the city, which is crime peaked in the 80s here in the city. With the crack, right. Right. And it, from the 50s on, it, it was going up. And then it peaked in the 80s when we invented the war on drugs, all these mandatory minimum sentences, zero tolerance policing. So we, if you take as your zero the worst day of your life and extrapolate that out, yes, there would have been more people who, who died. But think about what else happened in this city since the 70s and 80s. The civil rights movement ends. This city comes out of bankruptcy. We have an immigrant flux that actually shows uh, studies show reduce crime. So, no, a lot of other things were happening, and crime was going down in the nation. 
this city experienced a crime decrease that's uh, somewhat bigger and somewhat smaller depending on what types of crime you talk about. But, but I want to go back to the first point about the majority of crimes being committed, uh, violent crime being committed in certain areas. That's absolutely true. But the majority of people who live in those areas do not commit those crimes. A very small That's also true. Right. right. So the idea that you can stop 70 to 80 percent of all the young black males in an area because you're trying to get at the 2 or 5 percent of the black males that are committing the crime is ridiculous. It's actually just a racist notion that says every young black man is about to commit a crime. Let me go stop him. That's what that prim- that's what that theory is based upon and that's why community relationships are never going to get much better until as long as that policy is there right there it should be based on suspicion not based upon race and not based upon your pants and not based upon whether or not you made eye contact but actual suspicion of actual crime nobody wants the police to do any less than that and they shouldn't be doing any more than that okay reverend donnie williams uh, greater zion hill baptist church in in harlem what impact have these police policies had on, on on the community as you see it Well, of course, it's devastating because you have a pattern of systematic denial that these things are even occurring, that they're violating people's rights. You know, if if, let's look at this scenario, you know, because people play basketball. If this was a case where someone engulfed upon a career basketball playing and they took the amount of shots that they use in terms of stops. And they missed that many shots. And then they turned around and only made the, the small end of questionable arrests even then. Then someone may question this person in terms of being a basketball Their player. ability. What but their... this, this is real life. This is not a sport. People's lives are, are severely impacted. In fact, with the lack of training that NYPD have in terms of stopping frisk and doing these illegal things, it's no wonder that there are not more casualties involved in that. All right. I think so, we have a call to, call to that. Sure. No, go ahead. Did you, I didn't let you finish your point. I'm sorry. Well, you know, the, the, the point here... I'm not going to cut off a minister. Right. I don't want a lightning so bolt to strike but I don't want to. I don't want to uh, <laughs> belabor that point, though. But, but the whole key is that we have to look at the pattern of denial, look at what's going on in the community, and a serious dialogue has to take place to remedy these things. All right. And uh, let's go to um, Kevin right now. Kevin, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. Uh, from a, I'm, a, I'm a son of a cop, actually. Um, and, and, you know, I feel... That everyone's, you know, trying to point the finger at, at, you know, at the at the police officers, you know, but you know they're out there just doing their job. Um, they're out there, you know, trying to clean up the streets. And, and I think the biggest problem lies in the communities that, you know, where all this is happening. That that you're putting a certain um, shade of fear over these these police officers, you know, eyes. That every time that they come in to, you know, for a call, that they feel, you know, that their own life is in danger in some of these areas, and you know, no one stops and thinks about, you know, the the officer who wants to go home and and you know have dinner with his family. Okay, Kevin, let me ask you a question. If you were walking, and if you were walking home, let's say you're 20 years old, you're walking mm-hmm. home, you're working a part-time job so that you can pay to go to the community college, you're trying to do the right thing, but you're coming from a very economically disadvantaged neighborhood and you have no criminal record never been in trouble avoided trouble and you've gotten stopped by police stopped questioned and frisked as they call it uh, not just once but maybe two or three times in your own neighborhood how would that make you feel um you know it it, it depends on on the the way that you look at it you know because in a way you should be happy to see them them doing something to to try to clean up this violence um sure it may be an inconvenience to to most um you know that are just law-abiding citizens listen 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 no that's that's ridiculous that's that's, that's absolutely ridiculous 
police, I've heard this all my life. Hey, we're just trying to get home. You know what? When I drive through Brooklyn and I see these police officers with young black and Hispanic men at the back of their car getting searched, that's a phenomenon. This is what no one wants to understand. This is a phenomenon that only affects black and Hispanic men. It does not affect white young males because white young males right now somewhere in Greenpoint, somewhere in Williamsburg are walking around with drugs, Molly, and you name it. And you know what? The cops don't stop them. And the reason why they don't stop them is because you go where you think there are arrests. And black men and black Hispanic men, we have been devalued. We've been uh, caric- we made caricatures of, them- of ourselves. And these police officers don't care about uh, stopping us or impinging on our constitutional rights. The Constitution is is a is just a piece of paper when it comes to these young. If you look at the amount of uh, police officers who make it home, it's a lot. Most of them make it home all the time. But and I tell you, I remember, I'll never forget when I first became a DA. I was in the complaint room and I got a call from a police officer, and he wanted me to put this assault on a police officer case through the system. And the facts were they were doing an observation by they lost the subject. So this was in Flatbush. So they decided, you know, the the houses where they share the backyard. They right. decided to go through the backyard. So then they just decided to willy nilly knock on people's doors, and they just happened to knock on special eds family door and special ed's brother said you know what we don't have anything to do with this and they knew he didn't and they said no thanks and they closed their door they wanted to go through their house through their backyard and do all this stuff this uh, this police officer goes back and gets his sergeant they push their way through the door they pound special ed and his his brother and his elderly dad out so i'm sitting here and they i asked the officer well what are your injuries and you know what his injuries were bruises to his fists his wrist was sprained and all this other stuff. So I went to my supervisor at the time and I told him, I'm not putting this through. We're going to decline to prosecute, DP this. And they knew what that was. And you know what that officer did? He threatened me. Who are you? You're a, and you were a prosecutor. I'm a prosecutor. So when people call and say, my, I also. You're sp- law enforcement. Yes. And I've also spoken to people who fathers. I want to hear the callers who fathers and relatives are police officers who tell them how they keep a throwaway gun or how they've dropped some things on people. Tell me those stories. Don't All right. Give us a call. 1 800 223. Let me give Kevin right a chance. Story. Kevin, do you want to respond real quick? Yeah. Uh, you know, because. Don't think you know that that you're a hundred percent right on that, and I feel that you know to say that you know there's all these white you're people. You're talking that about hundred percent right. Let's deal with practicalities. White people that get bothered by the the, the police officers, and it, it's you know what it is. If you're not doing anything wrong and you don't have anything on you, then it shouldn't be an issue. But you know, slamming it on a door and about? Office, right, well, when, they're, when they're looking for no, somebody, that, that's going to give them cause to think that something's going on. No, no, no. That's going to get From them irate because they don't like some young black or male Hispanic speaking up to them because then what turns into someone asking about their rights or asking for their badge number turns into a what they say take them down the road disorderly conduct then resisting arrest then obstructing governmental administration okay Kevin I, I, Kevin, I got I got to move on I want to thank I want to thank you very much for the call we appreciate it let's go to um, let's go to Ricardo from Brooklyn Ricardo hey you're on hot 97 go right ahead Hey, um, there's plenty of times I live in the star, you know, I've, I've been down the Flatbush. I even seen, I was there the day that, uh, uh, they said that somehow a cop got hit in the face with a brick and they had arrested a minor. My whole thing is I, I've lived in the hood all my life. I, you know, I had a record. I try to do what's right. You know what I'm saying? There's been times I've been stopping first in a certain tie, in a certain tie. And when I'm asking the cops, well, what's going on? What are you, what are you stopping me for? 
oh, mind your business, oh, this, that, the other. It's not like I'm I'm outside, hooded up, and with my pants um, hanging or anything like that. I'm in a certain time, trying to go about my business. And how does that make you, you feel know? when that happens? It makes you feel irate because it's not the first time. And let me tell you something. First of all, cops, know, when cops are out there that long, they know who was who. Because I, I give you a perfect incident. I was sitting on the stoop minding my business. You know, I'm in the sky. You, things go on in the hood. There were people that was that was dealing, that was hustling. I had nothing to do with it. I was like two houses down. But you know what's funny? The cops let them go, and then I get arrested for it. And then I had to end up paying five grand in bail and, and almost losing my job for something I had no involvement in. And and, and as, as it stands, when there's anything dealing with drugs or anything of that nature, if it's 10 feet within the parameter of whatever it was, that you should be arrested. I was two houses away. And they let go of the two people that was five feet away from whatever they found. So cops know who, who does what, and, and they and they know faces. It's not like they don't. And not They're like not they stupid. don't. Okay, but I think the issue, the the big issue is the policing here. Ricardo, thank you very much for the call. And again, I want to give out our telephone number and also our text messages. If you're a police officer, this is not about bashing the police. There are many outstanding New York City police officers who put their lives on the line. They solve crimes. They keep our streets safe. They have helped make the city the safest, largest city in America, if not the world. And also they've given us a tremendous sense of security in many other ways. What we're talking about is this issue, this practice and policy that has affected many law abiding, um, many law abiding young black and Latino men. That's what we're talking about. But if you're a cop, I want to hear from you. 1-800-223-9797. Just tell Drew that you're on the job. You're a police officer. You don't have to use your real name, but we'd love to get your perspective of what you're facing and what you're, you know, what you're up against too and what your perspective is. Or hit me up with a text at 75759 that's 75759 and then also in terms of in terms of dealing with the police too Noel I wanted to go over this with you as well when police do stop you what are you recommending because I know 100 blacks in law enforcement who care you guys have been doing these training sessions for a long long time right. and uh, you know a, a real quick segue uh, some good police officers testified this week in the uh, Floyd versus New York City Police Department as it relates to being forced by their supervisors, what ultimately leads to Police Commissioner Raymond Kelly to do these legal stops. But what we do, when we do our seminars, what to do when stopped by the police, we teach uh, young people and adults, anyone, that the objective is really to survive the interaction as painlessly as possible. You don't want to get smacked, disrespected. You don't want to get a summons. You don't want to get arrested. You don't want to get assaulted or shot. So you have to comply with the officer's um, uh, uh, orders. You know, we we, uh, encourage them to have their hands free of any particular object and just basically... Don't move fast. Don't move. And just basically comply with the instructions. Observe the officer's name uh, on his plate. If he doesn't have his name or shield, just get his description because the opportunity to contest what he may do is later on. So if you want to file a complaint, if you want to file a lawsuit, if you want to do whatever, not uh, while the officer's in your face, but uh, just uh, comply with his orders and, you know, live to fight another another moment. And Reverend Donnie Williams, in, in terms of your working towards solutions and in terms of the police, what do you hear from the police that, that you work with in Harlem? Well, you know, the, depending on what police officer you speak to, um, you'll get different takes on it. But, you know, we have a lot of people working in New York City Police Department that hasn't had a lot of prior contact with the population that they're serving. And as a result of that, that creates some skepticism, some fear, and, um, you know, other things are going on there. Uh, Based on media perception of the community, et cetera, 
they have fear. We know that. So, you know, the the interaction that's needed here is one that would foster a relationship where people understand that everybody in the community is not a criminal. And no matter how they dress, that doesn't uh, necessarily describe their character and doesn't mean that they're bad. So when we look at situations and we have dialogues with police officers, I'll go back and just some instances in the Bronx where uh, an old lady, uh, Eleanor Bumpers, uh, facing an eviction in an apartment, was, was uh, uh, murdered um, as a result of that interaction with the police. And then we had another, Anthony Baez, who was just tossing a football and in- incidentally hit a patrol car. In and the Bronx. We have, right. We have... Uh, 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 um, Kamani Gray. Kamari Gray. But the police department says he pulled a gun on them. Right. That's what they say. That's their version of it. And, you know, uh, we spoke about throwaways, <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. So we have different takes the, the on The NYPD did produce a picture of a gun that they said they, they confiscated on the scene. They do. And this is their version of it. And, you know, we have another case in the Bronx where a young man was... Um, uh, on a hunch of a police officer being pursued. Yeah. It led all the way back to his house. He gained entry into his house and secured himself. The, the, the problem here is we have to know when we cross the line, that there's a line. Instead, this officer, instead of stopping at that point and following certain procedures, he enters into the home and incidentally fires around into the chest of the young man and he expires. I would like to believe that uh, our police force is better than that in terms of our training and expertise. You want to see more training with them? Yes. I like to believe that we are a better police force than that, and that that the police force in New York recognize that they can do a lot better than that, what they have done in just these three instances that I've mentioned. But there are much, much more instances that point to the fact that we need better policing in our community and more training. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. We're taking your telephone calls and text messages, 75759. Hit me up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Um, That's at Lisa Evers. And let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to uh, Wendy. Wendy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, how you doing? All right, how are you? Okay, Um, I just wanted to say, you know, the caller is absolutely right. Every police officer is not a bad police officer. I mean, we have police officers in our family, and he's doing a wonderful job. However, there are few out there that take the law to a certain extent. Um, I have a son that I fear every day when he goes outside that, you know, he gets arrested by police or, or, or even killed, like what happened to Kamani. Um, not too long ago, two months ago, my son was coming home late at night from his girlfriend's house. And he was walking home in that same unit, Brooklyn South, stopped my son. They were undercover with hoods in a dark car, tinted. They pulled over, stopped my son. Hey, come here. He was scared. So he kept walking. Who are you? He kept walking. They walked behind him. They started chasing him, chasing him down the alleys. We live in Canarsie, Brooklyn, chasing him down the alleys. First, then they said, stop. He knew it was police. He got down, put his hands up laid on the floor. They said, where are you coming from? Where are you coming from? He said, what are you talking about? I live in this neighborhood. Where are you coming from? I live in this neighborhood. You know what? This is yours. My son was arrested for having a thirty-eight. okay? Did, he, ha- did he have a gun? He, w- he went to court. No, he did not. He went to court. One week, he went in front of the grand jury. 
got dismissed, got thrown out, no gun. Till today, no gun was ever shown or proven that he had on his possession. Like, this is ridiculous. Now, they're talking about Kamani had a gun. What if that's, you know, what if that's what's happened to him? All right, what are we doing about and, that? And the question is the, the question is the investigation. Wendy, I want to thank you very much for the call. We need to take a short break. And when we come back, you know, I, I'm getting getting some text messages from people who don't want to go on the air um, who are saying this sounds like a lot of cop bashing. Is that what this is all about? Or is this about the if community it saying like that duck, it's, it's a duck? Listen, there are millions of kids who are stopped in this city and we don't care. These kids pulled over coming from work. They're carpenters. And they have a gravity knife in their glove compartment. And you have something they to say about the about the culture, too, and, and our hip hop culture. I want to get to that, too, right after this break. We need to take a short break. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We're talking about police community relations. Let us know what you think at one 800 223-9797. If you're in law enforcement, make sure you let um, Andrew or Angelique know, and uh, we'll try to get your point of view on, you know, as quickly as possible also. And uh, Hot 97's April Fool's Day Comedy Show 2013, your free tickets all weekend, hosted by Tracy Morgan and Cypher Sounds, featuring Faison Love, Capone the Gangster Comedy, Jay Farrell, and many, many more, Monday, April 1st, at the Theater at Madison Square Garden. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake are coming to Yankee Stadium. Get out your seat, Hope. All week, only Hot 97 has your passes for this once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, I'm talking, yeah, yeah, I'm talking re, yeah, I'm talking big, and I'm talking me. Hey, this is Justin Timberlake. Jay-Z, live. Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake tickets weekdays at 8, 11, 3, and 6. As long as I got my suit and you're going to see Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake, courtesy of what station? 597, baby. Get great savings on all-day specials at Macy's Hot Home Sale. Save 40% on all juicers and blenders. Get a Thai Coronado 5-piece spinner set, now $99.99. Or a Black & Decker toaster oven or blender, your choice, $19.99. All memory foam pillows and toppers, now 60% off. And all 7-piece embroidered and jacquard comforter sets, only $59.99. Shop your home now at Macy's Hot Home Sale. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices exclusions apply. At Sam's Club, you'll always save on the top brands and exciting new products. And for 10 days only, save even more with $600 in members-only instant savings. That's on top of what you save every day at Sam's Club versus other retailers. Not a member yet? Join Sam's Club March 20th through 30th for $600 in instant savings. Life is better when you're in the club. Sam's Club. Join and save. See Club for details. What's happening, people? It's Angie Martinez here. Happy AT&T customer. And listen, if you have been waiting for a great deal on a hot new wireless phone, then I have got news for you. For a limited time, you can get a brand new AT&T Go phone for as little as $14.99. That's right, $14.99 for a brand new AT&T Go phone. And with AT&T Go phone, you can get unlimited text, talk, and web for just $50 a month. All with no contract, no credit check, and no compromises. It's amazing, right? I personally have had nothing but positive experiences with AT&T, and I've been an AT&T customer for quite some time. And I recommend it. So find out about AT&T and all they have to offer. Please don't delay. Stop into your local AT&T store, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, or Radio Shack, or you can shop online at att.com forward slash go phone. Tell them that Angie sent you. 
and get with AT&T. Rethink possible. Offer ends May 31st, 2013. Eligible device and minimum account balance required. Coverage not available everywhere. Other restrictions and conditions apply. See store for details. Hey, are you all set for your fishing trip? Mm-hmm. Did you pack the beer? Um... Wait, is that some twisted tea I see in the back of the car? Come on, twisted tea. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> twisted tea, realized tea taste with a kick. I don't know. One of the guys must have snuck it in there. Oh, come on. <laughs> I bet you're craving the realized tea taste of twisted tea. I know. It's so refreshing. It is. It's so smooth. It's pretty smooth. But if you want me to take it out... Uh, hold on to it. Uh, we might have one or, or several. <laughs> twisted tea, realized tea taste with a kick. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Hi, I'm Danielle, and Visa Prepaid opened a new world for me. In my new world, direct deposit puts my paycheck right on my Visa Prepaid card automatically. So my money is my money the second it clears. And the less time I spend waiting, the more time I can spend with my kids. That's a new world for me. Go open a new world with Visa Prepaid. More people go with Visa. Available at Walmart and Walmart Money Centers. The Walmart Money Card is issued by GE Capital Retail Bank Member FDIC. Reloadable Visa Prepaid cards and visa conditions may apply. Homeowners, in today's world, no neighborhood is immune from burglaries. Get a state-of-the-art monitored home security system for Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer, and get peace of mind today. Call right now, 1-888-213-2244. 1-888-213-2244. Local permit fees may be required. License number CAACO6320, KY City of Louisville 483, and FLEC 1300-3427. Call for additional numbers. Call now, 1-888-213-2244. If you're in tech, you should be on DICE. DICE.com is all about connecting the best tech professionals with the job they want. Dice.com has over 80,000 of the hottest jobs in tech, from game developer to software engineer or Oracle DBA. You can find tech jobs from the companies you want to work for, like Adobe, Dell, and eBay. Download our mobile app at Dice.com slash mobile. Get started with Dice.com, the career hub for tech. Attention passengers, we're approaching great deals at the Old Navy Spring Upgrade Sale for $5, 10 and $15. I can't wait! Me neither. Famous graphic tees for everyone are $5. Wow! How about some new shorts? Oh, yes. Upgraded shorts are $10 for kids and just 15 for adults. Wow! Anyone have a parachute? No, but Old Navy has a great pair of shorts. Hurry into Old Navy now. Famous graphic tees for the whole family are $5. Kids shorts are $10, adults just $15. Plus hundreds of other items are on sale. Old Navy, come on, come on. Valid 321 to 331, select styles only. Hello, it's Toyota's number one for everyone sales event. I'm Jan. Shh, keep your voice down. <sighs> okay. So can anyone get a great deal on a reliable Toyota? Yes, pretty much. Including individuals that may or may not be working at the dealership across the street. Yes. I'll be right over. I'll be the one with the fake beard and sunglasses. Toyota's number one for everyone sales event is on now. Toyota, let's go places. Don't forget, throughout the month of March, go to any JCPenney store or jcp.com and round up your purchase for Crisis Text Line. Yeah, you already know what it is, man. This is B.I.G. Shine. And this is The Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 97. Oh, yeah, and you know how we do it every Sunday morning live at 9 a.m. here on Hot 97. And also throughout the week, you can get your free podcast of Hot 97 Street Soldiers on hot97.com slash street soldiers. And because you're listening right now, one of our loyal listeners, I want to let you know about what we are going to be doing 
doing in Brooklyn in May. We are trying to put together our push for peace in Brooklyn. We've done it in the Bronx. We've done it in Newark. We want it, we've done it in Manhattan. We want to do it in Brooklyn, and we're working to do that in May. So if you work with a youth group, if you are have a church and you have a youth organization, we're going to be doing this one a little bit differently, a town hall. We want to hear from the youth. You're going to have to bring youth with you. If you have um, youth organizations, peer counseling groups with the organization that you work for, hit us up, lisa at hot97.com, lisa at hot97.com, and get in on this early because this is going to be, I think, the biggest one and most powerful one that we've done yet. And we're talking right now about police community relations with Reverend Donnie Williams from the Greater Zion Hill Baptist Church, Attorney Kenneth Montgomery. He's the attorney for Kamani Gray's mother, Carol Gray. He's also a former Brooklyn prosecutor and professor at Fordham University Law School. Also joining us, Noel Leader, co-founder of 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care, and Thomas G- uh, and a former NYPD sergeant. And Thomas Giovanni, he's counsel to the Justice Program at the Brennan Center at NYU. He's also an attorney and a former public defender, and we're getting to your telephone calls. Uh, let's go right now to this call from New Jersey. Yes, officer, you wanted to make a point? Yeah, um, you know... Thank you, thank you for calling we, in and listening. We appreciate it. You know, I, I understand what we're trying to do here, you know, but the, the thing that, that gets me is that people, the gentleman that spoke before, he said he was sitting two doors down from a group of individuals that were selling drugs. Now, the thing that I don't understand is if you know that they're selling drugs and you're sitting near them, how how come how come what are you doing to try to make your community better? That's what we should be asking people. Are people participating and doing the right thing for their community? You know, are you reporting this stuff, this illegal activity? Because where there's drugs, there's guns. You know, and maybe that maybe one day, you know, you're not in the middle of the, of a shooting or something, but you never know when it could be happening to you. You know, and if you're not if you're not participating, if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. But what about people? You know? I mean, but why should but why should the responsibility be on people to save the community if they're just trying to get, you know get their kids educated, get themselves a better job, you know, pay their bills and, and, and live their lives? Well, that, that's what everybody should be doing. But you have to understand the the police are the police are out outnumbered though a lot. It's a there's a big gap. You know, they they keep laying people off and stuff. But it, the people have to help too. This can't all fall on the people. Help all the time. Police yeah, department complaints, for 61s. Uh, yeah, officer, you know for a fact this is a retired sergeant. You know for a fact the overwhelming majority of uh, crimes, or less uh, heavy crimes, there's a lot of involvement. Uh, you know, with the with uh, members of the community calling in tips. But let me ask you a question, officer. Uh, uh, does a police officer have a right to make a baseless stop? Uh, solely based on the community or the, or, or the uh, complexion of the person that they stop uh, without any probable cause whatsoever? Of course not. Okay, I mean, well, that's what we talk about. Not. That's that's what the complaint is, that the overwhelming majority of these stops are baseless. It's not based on reasonable suspicion of any criminality whatsoever. And that's the point that we're trying to raise. There has to be some community uh, accountability. Yes, we work in cooperation. We want to work in cooperation with the police department. But when we're, we're um, targeted, I'm talking about innocent people. Then you kill that that uh, willingness for community members to work along with police officers because they feel now that they're even being targeted. Yeah, okay. to be. Let me let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I, I I lived on both sides of the law, unfortunately, and you know what? I never. If 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 I'm stopped now, I'm not quick to just pull out pull out my badge and say, "Oh, you you can't stop me because I'm a I'm a police officer. I'm above the law." Don't work like that. What's too 
two, five minutes out of your day to try to make your neighborhood safer. Is it really that big of a deal? Well, like, first of all, as a police is it officer, really that big of a deal. First of all, as a police officer, one of the first things just you should do is identify yourself. So I don't know why you would make that statement. And whether or not it's a big deal or not is not really the question. The question is: Is the stop or the interaction legal? Before we decide it's whether not or not legal. it's a big okay, well, if it's not legal, it shouldn't happen. Whether it's, it's a legal, big deal or a little deal, okay. if it's not legal, it shouldn't. Okay, happen. Okay, we all agree on that point. I got, I got, I, obviously, I got to move on here with a phone call. But I want to thank you very much for calling in. We appreciate it. Let's go to. Uh, Let's go to Jay from Brooklyn. Jay, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello, Lisa? Yes, Jay, go right ahead. Yes, good morning to everybody. Morning. For the officer that's on, on the phone now, as well as the gentleman who said that he's sort of an officer in the past, first of all, I'm a two-time felon. I've been up north, did the whole thing, came home doing what I got to do. Uh, the man asked a valid question. We're sitting focused on, yeah, I don't agree with all the stop and frisk. It's happened to me. And no, of course nobody's going to feel good. And I feel bad for the loss of that woman's child because that's her second child. But now let's let's get to the heart of the matter. A, a lot of these let's folks are being so, honest now. Let's talk about, okay. Um, I live in Brownsville. And in the last month, I was I live in an area where the two gentlemen got killed. One was 37, got shot six times. One was a young kid who got shot on Chester Street. I was there with him that morning when he was dying. So they don't want to be real about how these young kids in our community terrorize the neighborhood terrorize the neighborhood. Thank God for a cop with guns. And I'm a two-time felon. Without law, there's no order. And lastly, I feel it's very disingenuous on behalf of the sergeant and the former prosecutor. Because, gentlemen, brothers, y'all were part of the same system. You know, you had to report to these high-ranking officials on the stop and frisk, as well as when you was getting these uh, convictions, there was no problem. Now, brother, you I think that's a conclusion on your part that there was no problem. This yeah, is what, assumption. What, 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 he's what, saying what, you're part of the what, system what, yeah, that what, you're complaining well, about, so he's, he's not, buy, one, he's not buying one. what you're saying. I grew saying. up in Brownsville yeah, yeah, just yeah, like you, got out of Brownsville, went to the district attorney's office, got a... A experience went to the defense side and went to the community side and gave information and gave dialogue. So I'm not being disingenuous at all. First yeah, of all, well, I, agree brother, I, about, I, agree, I, I, I agree with you about. I agree. I agree with. I agree with you. I agree with you about what you up, said bro, concerning. Let me, let me respond to what you said. You said a lot. All right, brother. hold on, Jay. Hold on one second. Let, 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 let the attorney, let attorney Ken Montgomery I agree respond. with, I don't think we're at a, uh, I think we're saying the same thing. I, for one, will tell you our youth are inundated with prison culture. It becomes a mantra. You was up, you was upstate and you was up north, so you know what I'm talking about. We are inundated with it. And these kids take it as a as a badge of honor and it's really hard to tell a kid hey don't grab that eight ball or don't pick up that gun where pop culture sells prison culture to them and they can watch television and they can see hold on wait this guy from where I came from is an entrepreneur mogul this guy is rubbing elbows he's at the inauguration with the president so it's hard for them to distinguish and it's they don't understand that it's probably easier to become a physicist than it is to become the next Jay-Z or the next uh, this. why we don't focus so, on that type so, of education instead of focusing on how so many look, we gotta focus on all of it what do, you, what do you mean it's not it's more than one way to skin a cat I'm not saying you the violence and the people who are promoting gang culture should get a pass that's not what I'm brother, saying let me tell you something hey, brother, on the there, a lot of people don't want to be honest a lot of, these are my people but a lot of these young kids run around here and they're in clusters and when that cop said yo if you see somebody selling haze on the corner the other guy selling piff at the next corner we act like we don't see what's going on that's so because why? as a community we tolerate okay so what about that much. that's what that police officer was that's what that cop was saying earlier that he's the right, community 
He's not 100 percent right. He's a billion percent right. All right. What so, are we gonna do about? We, we, we always act. The cops always asking for help when they need to solve some kind of murder or a shooting with a cop. True. We need the community's help. But now you don't want. It's, it's not just the community being able to have a relationship with the cops. Yeah, that's 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 important too. But look at what our young people are doing. They're terrorizing our neighborhoods. They're not going in other neighborhoods. A and, small and, percentage and, 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 of our young people are terrorizing the neighborhoods. Not okay, the okay, that's, okay, Jay. I gotta get I gotta get a response from some of our. Thank you so much. Our, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for calling and thanks for listening. And Reverend Donnie Williams, what about his point? He says we're ignoring this whole problem that there is crime and that there are young people, a percentage, a small percentage, the minority, that are terrorizing our communities. The young people at increasingly that, younger ages. Yeah, the the young people he he's speaking about are the minority. Um, there, for sure, there's some problems in our community, but at the end of the day, two wrongs don't make a right. We can't say we're going to enforce the law and break the law to enforce the law. And that's the whole problem here. This is a simple issue of stop and frisk. With all the hundreds of thousands or even perhaps millions of stops and frisk resulting in no arrests, we could come to an easy conclusion that they were unreasonable, that they were just hunches that the police had. There was no basis for the stops, etc. That creates a hostility and a tension where the police department is viewed as occupying military forces who are uh, adversaries of the community. People are approached and roughed up so and you're disrespected. Not, so you're not saying don't arrest the criminals? Because yeah, no, that's, no, no, that's what some people say. We, they think this is that you're saying don't right. arrest the we, criminals. We want our community cleaned up. We respect civil law and order. We want the police, but we want the police to be more effective. We want them to actually factually be the best police department in the world. And the only way to get to that is to face the reality that some actions, like for instance, all of those stop and frisk, at what point do the police department and its supervision staff say that this is not working? And then a very small percentage wrong, actually resulted in actual arrests. Use an approach where we do have reasonable suspicion and make appropriate arrests right. and stops and, and seizures. Thomas, so you, okay. so the, the, the point here being is that we have a lot of young people that was roughed up. Now, the police have a job to do, but I think the ultimate solution is for us to come to an equitable agreement. But we can't be in denial on either side. The police department can't be in denial because there's some underlying things here that are obviously statistically correct. What the gentleman on the panel, myself, hold position on, as well as many people in the community, and I believe that it'll pan out in the legal system as well. But we need to sit down and we need to have a realistic dialogue with the commissioner and and we need to talk to the right people in the community to forge solutions, training for police. We need to find a way to bring the legislators in, too, because the police department is not apt to admit their faults because of potential liabilities. All right. Um, Angelique just walked in. Angelique Wim- uh, and Angelique Tyree and... Uh What's going on with the text messages? The phones are going crazy. Yeah, the phones are going really crazy right now. But um, according to the text messages, we had one text from David from Queens who said, I must say that in order for things to change in our community, we must change the perspective of the way the police view us. How can we demand to be treated equally or with respect when we are killing each other, treating each other like animals? 
And another text came from Jason from Brooklyn, which says, I'm a black male in my 30s. I grew up in Brooklyn during the 1990s. I understand how people in the community feel, but I feel like the political leaders are only out to promote a resistance towards law enforcement. I feel they should promote more education regarding legal standards. Educate the community instead of promoting this negative mentality. All right, some good text. And, and Thomas Giovanni, let me throw that right to you. Yeah. In terms of the legal in terms of the legal standing, what about the uh, this idea of Inspector General? Well, the Inspector General is yet another generation of seeking community and police oversight in this city. I mean, we've, ha- we've had the CCRB for, for years now, and it's, it is definitely That's a overdue. civilian complaint sorry, review yes. board for people that yes. don't know. <gasps> uh, and it's definitely over, overdue that we need to have an independent eye on what's happening. Uh, even, the call, I mean, even the caller who called in to, to talk about how she had police members, police officers in her family, and they were great, ended her story talking about a, 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 a setup to send a man to jail illegally for six, seven years. Exactly. I mean, we, we have to figure out a way to separate the wheat from the chaff. Nobody ever, and, and this is part of the heated rhetoric that gets out there, nobody is ever saying they want all police out of these communities. Nobody's saying they just want some lawless kind of Wild West type of life for these for the people in these communities. What they're saying is they want fair, accurate, honest policing. They want police officers to do their job right. Now, when they go wrong, we don't have any mechanism in this city right now for any fair sense of evaluation. We don't have any way to actually look at these cases and say... You're saying something that somebody that's completely independent of everything. The district nice. attorney, that the NYPD... But that's and, uh, do other cities have, uh, professor? Do other cities have it, Thomas? Other cities yeah. do have inspector generals. Uh, other cities actually also. Forty-four states uh, have license right. uh, requirements for police right. officers, and New York New York right. State doesn't. Uh, there's a whole bunch of ways that we could do oversight. The IG bill, the inspector general bill, that's pending right now, that Christine Quinn and 37 supporters mm-hmm. uh, they have now in the city council. Uh, it's probably going to pass. It's not the total independence that you're talking about, but it's a very good first step. Well, let, uh, let me, all right, let me the problem I have with that real quick. Uh, uh, I have a problem first of all with Christine Christine Quinn who for 11 years have done nothing as it relates to stop question of frisk. The problem, I, primary problem I have with this inspector general is that the inspector general, according to the bill, is going to be picked by the commissioner of DOI, which is picked by the police, by the mayor. So the mayor is going to pick the, uh, ultimately have the choice of who the inspector general is to, to, to oversee his police commissioner. I think a federal prosecutor need to be in place. I think this might even be a trick by the city councils to undermine what's actually going on in court because they're going to win this case in court and if the judge appoints a federal monitor that's what NYPD doesn't want someone totally independent yeah, of city government of, yeah. uh, AIG picked by the by the mayor is not going to work alright I think we got another police officer here calling from Queens officer thank you for calling into the show what's your uh, question or comment hey good morning Lisa Dominique from Queens alright Dominique what's your yes, question yes I have a question how about we, we, we stop using 250s for the whole summer of 2013 and see how, how crime goes up and then let's 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 talk about you know that crime you know following that i never get the 250 what's a two what's a 250 what is a 250 the u.s. 250s is basically when you stop someone, stop someone you have you to, have to fill, out. You fill out the paperwork for this. yes so everybody everybody is complaining about you know police officers keep stopping people stopping people let's let's not use that for the whole summer and let's let's continue this conversation when school starts again, well, I think that's how much the, crime that's goes the issue. up and how many people out there the get hurt. So I don't. You know, pe- pe- people making it seem like you know we do this stuff for us. It's, it's for the community. We trying to better the community. People's grandmothers, people's mothers, people that run businesses. Let me All these people are, are affected are you, by these crimes because nobody wants to. They don't want us to do our job. Uh, officer, could I ask you a question? 
I'm sorry. That, Officer. That, that's not what's happening. Nobody is ever saying, and again, this goes back to how the rhetoric gets so overheated. Nobody's saying get all the police out of the neighborhood. They're saying stop doing the illegal activities in the neighborhood. The, the suspicion, suspicion less stops. Not the stops based on suspicion or what have to stop. Everybody wants good policing. Everybody wants to be safer. And it's funny that on the list that he lists, right, the old ladies, the, the other people, he didn't list the young men. They have the same right to freedom and the same right to liberty as everybody else in the community. All right, officer, I got to give you a, a last word here because we're almost out of time for the show. I'm listening, Lisa. No, I wanted to. What did you want to? Do you want to leave us with something? No, that's really that's all I wanted to talk about because, like I said, everybody is complaining about the the stop and frisk. So no, I said, legal, how about we stop legal using stop that? the frisk? Not the stop and frisk, brother, because we're police so officers. So which one is legal? How do you how do you make the consumption of, of which Let one is right? Do you know when do you know when the officer is supposed to make a stop? Yeah, what is legal and what's illegal? That's, that's what is that officer? Let the officer answer. When is, when is the cop supposed to make a stop? When are they supposed to make a stop? Yes. When, 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 I mean, if it doesn't seem right. If, uh, if, no, no, if, I'm at you. Listen, when, when, if somebody, listen, officer, I, 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 made a, I made a stop before, real quick. No, no, I made no, no, a stop no, no, before. Wait, let me answer. What, what, how, do you know, how do you decide How do you decide when, how do you know as a police officer when to make a stop, question, and frisk? It could be different things. Like if somebody just got robbed and it comes over, no, the person wrong, is wearing wrong. A, B, C, D. You know what I'm saying? You You have to stop this person and ask them, look. The reason why I'm stopping you is because this person just got robbed and you fit the exact description that came over. And I just need your information and that's it. I'm not harassing you. I'm not doing nothing. Now, if that person that just got robbed and says, you know what, that is the person that robbed me. You have this stuff documented. That's if fine. this guy hops on the E-train and he leaves, how are you ever going to catch this guy? Nobody's okay. talking about that. All right, Dominique, okay, this is obviously we're not going to settle this, and unfortunately we're out of time for the show, but I want to thank you very much for, for calling in and for listening and uh, for giving us your point of view. I hope you call in in the future, so thank you very, very much for that. Thanks a and lot, Lisa. I, I, you th- take care. Thank you. You take care. All right, Let bye. me go right now to uh, Rashad Robinson. Rashad, you got one minute to tell us what you guys are doing with colorofchange.org. Colorofchange.org is the largest online civil rights organization. People can go to colorofchange.org. We're working to mobilize people to end stop and frisk and hold the politicians accountable who have been silent on this issue. Um, People can join us um, and raise their voices both online and offline. We'll be doing a lot of work over the next couple of weeks during the court case to make sure that the people's voices are heard. All right. Thank you very much, Rashad uh, Robinson, colorofchange.org. And I want to bring in a frequent contributor and participant on Hot 97 Street Soldiers, the one and only Dr. Boyce Watkins. Dr. Watkins, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. Now you have, uh, I got about a minute with you too for, to tell us about the event that you have coming up. Yeah, Minister Louis Farrakhan and I are gathering in Chicago for an event called Wealth, Education, Family, and Community, a New Paradigm for Black America. Uh, our goal is to talk about uh, solutions and action-oriented plans that can help all of us to really um, think forward, think preventatively when it comes to empowering the black community through education, wealth building, and things like that. We're also coming to New York in June, uh, and in that city, uh, Dr. Cornell West has agreed to join me. And uh, Russell Simmons, I'm hoping, will also join. And Russell and I are working on something on mass incarceration right now, so we got a lot of stuff going on. That's fantastic. And people, do you have do you have it posted on yourblackworld.net? Yeah, people can find out more by going to yourblackworld.net slash the black community. Yourblackworld.net slash the black community. All right, Dr. Boyce Watkins, thank you so, so much for being with us. We appreciate it. 
thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, and, and uh, good luck with everything you're doing. I wish we had more time for this because uh, we have so many phone calls. Rodney, Michael, Bobby, Emmanuel, everyone else on hold, all the text messages that are pouring in. I'm sorry that we haven't been able to get to all of your telephone calls, but I want to thank um, all of our guests for being with us. Today, Reverend uh, Donnie Williams from the Greater Zion Hill Baptist Church, Attorney Kenneth Montgomery, he's the attorney for Kamani Gray's mother, Mrs. Carol Gray, he's a former Brooklyn prosecutor and a professor of law at Fordham University, Noel Leader, former NYPD sergeant, co-founder of 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care, Thomas Giovanni, attorney and uh, counsel to the Justice Program, the Brennan Center at NYU, and we're going to try to post some of the information you heard about today on our website, hot97.com slash streets soldiers and also want to let you know about something very important coming up ladies march 27th at 7 p.m march 27th 7 p.m at nyu make sure and check out our very own carly hustle our music director and assistant program director here at hot 97 bozema st john she's a marketing uh Marketing whiz over at PepsiCo and our friend Amber Rambinell, who's always supported Hot 97 Street Soldiers and our push for peace. She's been with us since the beginning. Um, they're doing their Women on the Move conference, March 27th, NYU Kimmel Center, 60 Washington Square. And that's at 7 p.m. We're definitely going to post that on hot97.com slash street soldiers. And also got to give a big shout out to Jeff Witt. A uh, big shout out to John Site. Site works photography. Amazing. You're going to be seeing those pictures pretty soon. And also the one and only L. Boogs and also the uh, you may think you know which is the police department that has lost the most members in one clip and you might not. It's the Port Authority Police Department and it comes from 9-11. There is a new documentary that's coming out called the 37.org it's called the 37.org is the website you can check that out and also as I mentioned we are going to be bringing the push for peace to Brooklyn we're looking to bring it there. If you are a community organizer, if you have a youth group, if you are, you're just a young person and wants to get involved, if you are a minister with with a excuse me with a congregation, um, hit me up Lisa at hot97.com. That's Lisa at hot97.com, and uh, we'll give you the information there and get you involved early on, so you you know you can have prime involvement and be a major participant there, and maybe even be a co-sponsor with us for the organization. I want to thank everybody here at Hot 97. I got to say a big shout out to Gladys Levy. She's been with Hot 97 and Emmis Broadcasting for many years. She's kind of like the mama to everybody here, and uh, she's now moving on to other things. So Gladys, we love you and miss you already and thank you for all the great work that you did here for all of us and, and all the help and support you gave everybody. Our uh, Vice President for Programming, Ebro, our Assistant Program Director Carly Hustle, our Senior Marketing Director Denisha Benjamin, our Digital Director Jeffrey Thacker and of course my whole Hot 97 Street Soldiers crew always hold me down. Executive Producer Tone Capone Associate Producer Joe Connor and Angelique Tyree, Production Supervisor Andrew Veris, and uh, the one and only TJ on the boards here. And don't forget, check me out on the Fox 5 News at 6 and 10 tonight and 5, 6, and 10 during the week. Most of all, follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. I might be right in your neighborhood there. And you get the pictures, you get those exclusive pictures, like that security guard at the George Washington Bridge that got busted for smoking weed on the job. So, you know, check out the blunt. If you follow me on Twitter, you'd see the evidence right there. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. Rest in peace, you shot much more for less. 1906 Fresh Bone in USDA Beef Rib Rose, $5.99 a pound. Fresh Grade A Chicken Breast, 99 cents a pound. Western Beef.